0: microphones and headphones provided by cad audio cad audio expression through innovation produced with podcasting gear from tascam including the tascam mini studio trust your audio to tascam
1: sound thinking another episode of We Be Geeks. It is the Dezlin duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And guess what? Store's launched. Looks cool. That has some great choices in hats, some nice <clears throat> hooded sweatshirts, some teeth. Everything looks sharp. I, I am really pleased to officially say, hey, that picture just finally uploaded to you. I heard it <laughs> In Skype, baby. <laughs> um, definitely glad we are partnered with Yeti Sportswear for this. Um, not saying that I'm not ditching Ace jerseys, uh, they will be coming into play with our Patreon um, page as soon as I get that redone. Uh, since I'm dropping the one and redoing everything for three shows, one page period <laughs> um so we we're gonna be set there um cause with patreon i know you've seen the jersey we've had done with with them and that one looks great as well so that's gonna be a patreon exclusive and uh see where we go from there other than that things have been crazy on my end how about on yours
0: <laughs> yeah me too Today was a bit of a rough day at
1: work. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Well, as we're recording this on Wednesday the 5th, Tuesday the 4th, Brie Larson came out and said, hey, to EW, how about we break the internet tomorrow? Cool. Everyone was all for it. Noontime came. Pictures. Now, mind you, some great first shots, but I was kind of expecting a trailer. Teaser. More or less a teaser trailer.
0: Well, I don't know if... uh they would allow her and Entertainment Weekly to be the ones to drop that.
1: Okay. Why not? I mean, if they already, I mean, Entertainment Weekly has already had all the different first look stuff with all the others and they have, you know, like with the different Star Wars films, with the Avengers films, I think with the DC films. Yeah, but not trailers. But an announcement like that, that just makes you think there's a teaser or something coming. That's going to break the internet. I, I would say my Facebook timeline after at 1230, 1245, was not blowing up like I expected it to. Really? I saw it all over the place on mine. Then something's wrong with my Facebook. <laughs> it doesn't love me anymore. Well, yeah. So, but we did see with the pictures, apparently Captain Marvel's going to start off as part of Star Force. Which exp- so which explains the green and black costume
0: exactly, which which makes me laugh now at all the people that were complaining about it, and it's like it's like uh the whole time I was thinking there's probably a reason
1: why they have it, but I think and it's, sure enough i th- I think it's funny though her Captain Marvel outfit looks very similar to the Star force, but different colors. True. That's almost like saying that the different Lantern costumes look very similar, just different colors. <laughs> well. What could happen? Who's to say the Nova Corps? Is not like the Green Lantern Corps? You got all these different factions that are against Nova Corps that look very similar just to give them a bad name. Sure,
0: sure, sure.
1: So, um, so we find out she's going to start off um, on a Kree planet as part of Star Force. Course, right there alongside of uh Korath and Ronin. So I love that they're doing that. Yeah. And I think it's great too that they've got the two of them in Star Force uniforms as well. Yes. Yeah. So um it, it's for an origin story um it, it's this is a great changing of that uh it's a new approach yeah, right. um so i am I'm, I'm very excited to see a new approach to the origin not the typical okay here's the blueprints plug, plug and play and let's go mm. so um while it's possible mm. we may see captain marvel in this Briefly to, I believe
0: we do, actually.
1: Which will be giving Carol Danvers her abilities. Uh, the film actually looks to start a little further down uh, after she has left Earth and is living on the Cree planet of Hala. And no, that is not the bread that you can pick up at the grocery store on Fridays. Hala. And no, it's not what you say before, if you could hear me. Hala, <laughs> if you can hear me. Um, She, not only that, she is also a member of... Of a galactic sealed team six type organization, uh, as we said, called Starforce, which is led by Marvel, w- which makes this interesting. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Star Force in the comics a villains group? Hmm. I don't remember now you might be right um because I mean star force according to the story from uh lRM over they are hi lRM we're wbg aka we Be geeks there was too me acronyms there yeah <laughs> And we didn't even get into the Robin Williams. I got to find that sketch to play. It's a sound drop.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. Star Force is a supervillain
1: team. Um, So Star Force will not only bring newcomers oh, in the form of Minerva, played mm-hmm. by Gemma Chan, who you might know from Crazy Rich Asians. Um. Also, uh, Karath played by uh, Hunsos, Hunso, um, who that's the guy who said who to Star Lord at the beginning of Guardians. <laughs> um, also, too, in this picture, uh, we see Ronin, and he is wearing a modified Star Force outfit. Um, so, yeah, quite intriguing here. Indeed. Indeed. Um, now, I agree with this next paragraph. As someone who's less familiar with Captain Marvel than many comic book readers, I am not that familiar with her myself. Um, I think it's it's all agreed. If this is going to be an origin, let this also talk about how she gets her powers. Um, but, you know, it's also cool to see, too, that Marvel is chucking more typical story to the side in favor of something more unique. So... Uh, now are we? It's Jude Law then. If I'm seeing a a side story be brought up, uh, Jude Law is playing Marvel. Yes, yes, that's right. Yep. Interesting choice. Yeah, very interesting. So when does when does he become switch from bad guy to good guy in this? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we are. But I mean, EW does bring us some great pictures of the two of them standing together. Uh, I mean, the f- the photos EW brings to us, I mean, they look great.
0: Yeah, there's some good photos.
1: So I, I'm really excited by the beat shot. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there there is some very that Ronan costume looks great. Yeah, and it, and it's funny how um, the '90s Carol. She's wearing a like this one picture. She's wearing a nine-inch nails T-shirt and a mm-hmm. shield hat, and the shield hat is the the classic logo, not not mm-hmm. what we're accustomed to. Uh, yeah. Sam Jackson <clears throat> is back with a as a two-eyed Nick Fury.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, so I mean, it's I I I don't think you could you could beat this. There's some great looking stuff here.
0: Yeah, it makes me really. Gets me even more excited for the film. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. I think you have It's going to be a fun one. You get even more. I do indeed. And uh, so, one. <clears throat> excuse me. So, it looks like uh, we're going to finally get the scrolls in this movie, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and also very exciting. Uh, and according to EW, the lead scroll is going to be named. Talos, and he's being played by Ben Mendelsohn, who you may remember from Rogue One. And so, of course, there's the beach scene with the squirrels coming out of the ocean. That looks really cool um they have an interesting look i must say does
1: it almost look like the same type mm-hmm. of shot from uh scarif
0: yeah kind of yeah
1: but in reverse.
0: It, it's in, yeah but they they kept the squirrel chin which is kind of nice <clears throat> and uh there's also a picture of mendelssohn in human garb i guess you could say uh, as a human and of course we know that these squirrels are shapeshifters so it's not totally a surprise to see him as in his human in a human form, and it's also said that Talos will be working undercover as a Shield agent. Ah, interesting. So that means that not only uh, did Hydra infiltrate Shield. But also the scrolls have infiltrated Shield, possibly at the same time. <laughs> hmm. Winter Soldier, maybe. Maybe, maybe. So that's cool. So there's, there's some interesting stuff that came out. I'm I'm actually I'm pretty excited that they're going to have scrolls in
1: there. Well, I think it's a little. Lo- I'm thinking the Fox deal was probably done a little sooner. And it gave them time because wasn't the scrolls part of the big issue that that was all under the fantastic four? So, specific care, so they could use the, the breed, but they, right, could, but but they couldn't like use specific Super characters. Scroll.
0: Super Scroll was, was fantastic four, and, and yeah, some possibly some other specific ones. But I think the scroll race in general is was still Marvel
1: yeah well I think the the scroll race in in general what was actually both could be split by both I think so yeah so um, I would say yeah it doesn't get any better than that
0: although now that I'm thinking about it yeah I kind of would like to see a trailer now too (laughs) (laughs)
1: see I mean the pictures are awesome but trailer would have been that much better not saying but I'm saying (laughs) see how see how I could just not to say I'm I'm not um, I'm not looking forward to it and, and not why I'm not excited for today I just think the teaser There would have been just that much more.
0: Sure, sure. I get you. I get you. I just, that's not what I was expecting.
1: I don't know why. Yeah. So, uh, this rolls back to me then. It sure does. How about this one? What would I, what would you say if I told you Spider-Man Far From Home is an Infinity War prequel? What? I didn't catch that one more time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Don't ask me to do it again. I might hurt myself.
1: So <laughs> I need to find a Chris Griffin doing that. <laughs> What? Oh <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know, I really like it when Chris does that <laughs> that what thing. That's just really nice. <laughs> Eric hates it when I do that on my Marvel Geeks. <laughs> like just a little too creepy.
0: It is a little yes. But that's
1: just an easy voice to do though. <laughs> yeah. Um apparently new there's new some new photos from the set. That would indicate that the first film um, could be a prequel to Affinity War, even though it's coming out after Avengers 4. Interesting. Um, on Tuesday the 4th, the, uh, photos from the London set of Sony's Marvel movie surfaced, revealing Maria Hill and Nick Fury coming together for some reason. While photos can never tell the whole story, the two characters coming together might lead them to turn, lead them to their turning to dust moment. As seen in the post credit scene, interesting. Um, hmm. As promised by its title, Spider-Man: Far From Home will be a globe trotting around the world um, adventure, going outside of Parker's stomping grounds. Um, the Far From Home has been filmed heavily in London, taking production to the Czech Republic. It will continue to sprawl across Europe through its re- remaining months of filming. However, Spider-Man far from home, arriving on the heels of Avengers 4, um, and with Spider-Man having been killed off, quote-unquote, in Avengers Affinity War are wondering how Marvel Studios plans to market the film without spoiling his resurrection, which we've talked about here. We've talked about on mighty Marvel geeks that the only way they could potentially do it is if it was a prequel or if the trailer for mm-hmm. Avengers four just spoils quite a bit to begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they show a live Spider-Man, then you know what? Free for all cast <laughs> out of the bag, hop to it. So, um, but you know, but spoiling it with three resurrections, Hill, Fury, and Parker uh, could really cause some major issues. So uh, while they may be resurrected or prevented from dying in the first place, uh, Avengers Four, um, Spider-Man can dodge spoiling their returns with a simple tactic. It takes place before Infinity War. Now we we'll do it. So. um this would be a perfect moment to clarify to tie in Far From Home to Infinity War, showing the alternate timeline created in Avengers 4, where Peter never has to get off the bus. Uh, after all, in Infinity War, Peter did say, I should have stayed on the bus. Mm. So, if Ebony Maw and Call Obsidian had never brought their ship down in search of the Time Stone, Thanos would have already been thwarted, thwarted in the past, courtesy of time travel. Uh, hence, part of the thought. Behind Captain Marvel. Uh, topping that all off, Far From Home would not be the first movie to follow a massive ensemble with a standalone prequel. Uh, Civil War kicked off Phase 3 and was directly followed by Doctor Strange. So uh, that's our thoughts on this, or at least my thoughts, because I do kind of agree with it. So, what do you think?
0: Uh, I think it's definitely a strong possibility Okay. And, and an interesting one. Definitely. Yeah. It does make sense I think for so. them to do that. I think so. I mean, that, that that's like, um, that's what they did with Ant-Man, that, that Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was a prequel it, sort of, I mean, not a prequel, but it took place before infinity war. And I don't think anybody had a problem with that, if I recall. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think everybody got it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, when people were going, well, what happened to Ant-Man? Why wasn't he in? Well, now we kind of get, there were other, they were involved with all this other stuff, which then they went to go expand to the new and trying to capture some more of the sub, subatomic particles when everything went down. Mm. So the question comes down to, would Ant-Man have gone if he was at prime level and not so deep into the subatomic I don't know I say that because he was not one of the original Avengers true and all and all but the original Avengers went like a twilight vampire in the sun (laughs) so that's all I got to say about that
0: well then let us take a little journey, shall we? A little journey back in time to a time when there weren't so many superhero movies, when in fact, there was really only one that count, that counted, and that was Richard Donner's Superman the Movie, uh, a film that we all pretty much grew up with. Yeah. We all loved uh, starring Christopher Reeve, who did a, a fantastic job as Superman. Oh,
1: absolutely wonderful.
0: Yep, yep. Well, fans of the movie are going to be happy to hear that the that it's flying back into theaters for a special event to celebrate the 40th anniversary of its release.
1: Wow, 40 years. 40 years, I was going to say. Wow. I remember uh-huh. seeing it in Arkansas. At this point in time, I had my third move, or second yeah. move. So...
0: So Fandango has listed the event as Superman' fortieth anniversary on its website uh courtesy of fathom events uh so this the film is going to take place is going to screen in select theaters on sunday november twenty fifth and they haven't listed any the, any of the theaters yet uh so you'll just have to we'll just have to keep our eyes open to see if we can See what theaters, hopefully around us, will probably be playing it. Yeah, but uh, but uh, it says that the Fathom event screenings usually do get into a decent amount of theaters. So oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So of course, Christopher Reeve was the great, did such a great job as Superman and Clark Kent. He did. He was a really good Clark Kent too. Uh, Margot Kidder was Lois Lane. Marlon Brando is Jor El, <laughs> and Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, uh, those were the days. A lot has changed since then. Oh yeah, it would be it would be kind of interesting to see it on the big screen again, though.
1: Yeah, I think so. Still hard to believe. Forty years ago. I know. Forty years ago that just sounds totally awesome. I was four years old I was eight well <laughs> seven turning eight as I go to clarify <laughs> so um how about this Wiley coyote to fight his real enemy Acme <laughs> in a new movie um I mean this is a, a short story but apparently John and Josh Silberman, are writing a Wiley e. Coyote feature film for Warner Brothers. Uh it's titled Coyote versus Acme, cutting the Roadrunner completely out of the picture. Um Coyote goes after the you know, because uh, Wiley Coyote is going to go after the manufacturer of his equipment. This would be only the third theatrical Looney Tunes film, uh, following 1996's Space Jam and 2003 Looney Tunes Back in Action. Um, the duo are best known for their work on Always It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and recently Living Biblically. There is no release date on this at the moment. I think this would be kind of cool because we. All, I think it's. Always been talked mm. about. Uh, why did not he just sue the company? Yeah,
0: I know, right? <laughs> I mean,
1: uh, none of the stuff seems to be working for him. Just well, why don't you just sue him? So yeah, sounds like sounds like he's gonna do more than just sue him in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, let's find out truly what happens when your stuff blows up in your plant. <laughs>
0: I have a feeling he's probably still going to get the raw end of the deal.
1: Yeah, I I would think so. So, um, does that wrap our movies?
0: Uh, nope, I have one more story. Really? Yes, and that is every year uh, we think to ourselves, wow, there's a lot of superhero movies coming out. It seems like. And, uh, you know, sure, there's a good, there's a, there is a plethora of them. But uh, it looks like 2019 is actually going to have the most superhero movies ever released. <laughs> For example, uh, two thousand and eighteen, uh, when it's when all is said and done, we'll have six live-action superhero movies wow. hitting theaters, uh, including because we still have Venom and Aquaman to go. Uh, and even if you ex- expanded it to animated movies like Teen Titans Go to the Movies or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that's still only eight movies. Uh, twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen each had seven movies. Twenty 15 had just three 2014 had four, 2013 had five. So it all, it seemed at the time like there was a lot, but uh, 2019 is going to have even more than that. So what movies are coming out in 2019? Well, let's take a look, shall we? Uh, so there's a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 movies coming out, 10 superhero movies. Wow. Yeah, we have, first off is Hellboy, the Hellboy remake, coming January 11th. And then glass, which is technically a superhero movie, uh, is coming out january eighteenth uh then x men dark phoenix oh that's nice it's coming out on valentine's day. How. Oh. Nice. <laughs> uh and then then we take a little break uh oh no i'm sorry captain marvel is coming out on march 8th yeah so it was a couple of weeks break but uh then shazam comes out on april 5th then the avengers 4 comes out on may 3rd unless that gets moved up like, yeah. like infinity war did spider-man Far from home comes out july 5th uh New Mutants is supposed to be coming out August 2nd, if that's still going to happen. The uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie is supposed to be coming out October 4th, and the Wonder Woman 1984 sequel is coming out on November 1st. So there you go. There's your, your 10 movies, 10 superhero films.
1: Um, I thought you said 11.
0: 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8,
1: 9, 10. No, 10. Well, we had We could add on 11th. Oh, yeah? Because even though you ran through all the confirmed, Todd McFarlane's spawn could also potentially be ready for a 2019 release as well.
0: Right. I totally forgot about that one. So Yes. So now all those people that have been whining about too many superhero movies, (laughs) now they really (laughs) have something to whine about. Yep,
1: and again, DC has one. No, they have two. They have Shazam, too. Oh, that's right. Shazam, okay, so. and,
0: well, techni- technically they have three if you count the Joker.
1: You mean we got to count the
0: Joker? Well, it's technically a DC movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of
1: DC, I say. Well, there's, the
0: there's nothing in June. Not surprising.
1: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, Doom Patrol has found its new chief and former James Bond star, Timothy Dalton. Uh, oh. Dalton will play Dr. Nine. In the Doom Patrol TV series, and uh, the series hails from Greg Berlanti and Warner Brothers Television will be on the Disney streaming platform. Uh, Calder is the founder and mentor of the Doom Patrol, a team of DC's strangest heroes. These include Robot Man, being played by Brandon Fraser, Negative Man. Alastair woman being played by April Bolby, Crazy Jane, which is being played by Diane Guerrero, uh, and the first season will also see the team embark on a mission given them given to them by Cyborg Jovian Wade. Is he is he playing Cyborg in the movies as well? Uh, I'm not sure. Now the team will face off against season one villain Mister Nobody, played by Alan Tudyk. Uh, according to Deadline, <laughs> Dalton's Doctor Calder is a pioneer in the medical in medical science, searching the world for those on the edge of death in need of a miracle. Uh, brilliant but controversial, Calder will stop at nothing to help those he believes are in need, including his collection of strange heroes known as the Doom Patrol. Uh,
0: just to cut it in for a
1: second, the movie Cyborg was played by Ray Fisher. Okay, so um, I could segue by saying, but who's Sophia Vasilleva <laughs> playing?
0: You could segue with that, but it may not work so good. <laughs> uh, Wait,
1: so I, I got I got something to say about that. It will test your head and your mind and your brain.
0: Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, Sophia Vasilyeva oh! <laughs> <laughs> is, go- is going to be joining the cast of Black Lightning for season two. Uh, and Sophia was originally on Supergirl, so she may seem familiar to some viewers. But not uh, you guys, because you're not normal. You're special. <laughs> I like that. Um, so she's coming on to play the hero Looker on Black Lightning, but she had appeared as Olivia, a member of Thomas Coville's Cult of Rao, last season on Supergirl. Now, of course, since Black Lightning is not technically a part of the Arrowverse, uh, the two characters are not expected to be connected. Now, originally, uh, Looker was introduced in Batman and the Outsiders number 25 back in 1985. Uh, her real name is Emily Briggs and she has had an interesting history she was kidnapped by an underground civilization called Ibysia she was exposed to cosmic rays when Halley's Comet passed by Earth revealing her heritage and unlocking her metahuman powers that made her incredibly beautiful and powerful she then joined up with the Outsiders and later was turned into a vampire though her metahuman abilities spared her many traditional vampire weak so it's not clear exactly how the, how Looker is going to be portrayed on Black Lightning, but she has been mentioned on the series. Early on in the first season, Grace Choi, herself a member of the Outsiders in the comics, directly mentions the character, asking Anissa Pierce... Uh, th- also known as Thunder, if she wanted to cosplay Looker or Supergirl, oh I remember that. Uh, showrunner Salim Akil didn't elaborate on any details about Looker at the t- at the time, though he did say that the show would take an interesting approach. Uh, and he said it's really going to be interesting the way we approach that story. I think people will enjoy it, but also be challenged by it. So uh, it also the addition of Looker also connects with comments Akil made to reporters at Sandy Diego Comic-Con, excuse me, Culture-Con last month, (laughs) in which he revealed that there would be more metahumans coming to Freeland in Season 2, even if some are villains, to which he said, you know, one of the things I was saying about the upcoming season is that we're doing what we're doing is I want to give a nod to comic books in a stronger way. So the first four episodes are called The Book of Consequences, The Rise of Greenlight of the Green Light Babies, which is interesting. Yeah. So there you go. We're gonna be expanding the black lightning uh universe a little bit. Correct. Okay. Sounds interesting. I do remember I remember Looker from the comics. I used to I used to be a, a big Batman and the outsiders. Fan I used to read that book all the time. Yeah. So that's cool.
1: Uh, how about this? Um, interesting thing happened at JFK this week. It- yeah, it's a little odd. <laughs> Almost brought reality to life. Plane carrying a hundred sick passengers landed at JFK. <laughs> As I'm starting to read the story, my dog comes up and not nudges my arm. <laughs> startling me. Like, it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be there. Um, speculating this could be the beginning of the real world's Walking Dead. Uh, dun, 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 The Walking Dead zombie virus is initially signified by a raging fever. The hundred passengers quarantined to the bottom floor of the double-decker plane are each showing signs of... Fever. What we have here is I have a fever. For more cowbell. Um, now, it's apparently affecting both passengers and crew. The Emirates flight arriving at 9, 10 a.m. with 520 passengers was swarmed by police vehicles and ambulances and immediately quarantined for an assessment by the U.S. Centers for Di- for Disease Control and Prevention, says CBS. Passenger Aaron Sykes posted a video of officials wearing masks and gloves, taking the temperature of passengers on the tarmac this is now being called the walking dead plane all over social media (laughs) and then um (laughs) i love this tweet of course vanilla ice is on the walking dead plane (laughs) (laughs) and that's a reply Uh, to uh. his this is crazy (laughs) apparently there's over a hundred sick people on the on the bottom floor i'm so happy i'm up top it's a decker double decker plane um, hello, air recirculation. <laughs> yeah. You've been in that big sardine can for how long? <laughs> um, however, this not really leading to a zombie apocalypse, but if it was going to happen, it'd be like this. Cause didn't they do a prequel or, or something kind of setting up, uh, fear the walking <laughs> yes. dead, that web series with patient zero, mm-hmm. yep. which was great.
0: I never saw it. <laughs>
1: it was awesome so yeah that that would be cool now now to see how this all plays out in either world war z2 or walking dead 2 you know a future walking dead episode hey we found a plane crap it's all full of zombies
0: <laughs>
1: or a new series comes out for one season walking dead zombie plane <laughs> zombie plane i like it so it's a bird it's a train no it's zombie plane <laughs> so well speaking of zombies we could go fantasy fantasy wise oh nice
0: nicely done so sadly game of thrones is going to air its last season next year the final season uh it's only going to be six episodes and then that's it no more game of thrones (sighs) But wait, that's right. Let us not forget about the prequel that they are planning to do, which is slated to begin filming in Ireland by February of 2019. Just in time for my birthday. Hey, uh, the show doesn't oh, have an official. Happy birthday to you.
1: <laughs> they'
0: but thanks. Uh, The show doesn't have an official name yet, but it's (laughs) reportedly going by the working title The Long Night. Uh, And it was created by Jane Goldman, the prolific screenwriter whose credits include the fantasy novel adaptations Stardust and Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, as well as the Kingsman movies. So it's got a little bit of a pedigree there. Yeah. Uh, uh, So the series was ordered by HBO earlier this year. It takes place thousands of years before the events in Game of Thrones and reveals the truth behind the creation of the White Walkers, among other secrets of Westeros history. Uh, It is tentatively expected to premiere in 2020, uh, about a year or so after Game of Thrones airs its eighth and final season. Uh, So it's reported that the Long Night pilot may begin filming at Paint Hall Titanic Studios in Belfast, Northern Ireland, which is the same shooting stage used for Game of Thrones, as soon as next February. Uh, That would fall in line with comments that HBO Programming President Casey Bloys made on the Television Critics Association tour in July, where he said that filming would begin by early 2019. Uh, There's been no casting announcements as of yet. Uh, There were at one time as many as five different prequels and or spinoffs announced that they were working on in active development. But Blois has since confirmed that Goldman Show is the only one moving forward right now. The Long Night hasn't officially been ordered to series just yet, so HBO could potentially revive one of the other spin-offs if they decide that Gold Goldman's prequel isn't how it wants to continue the Game of Thrones brand. Uh, there's really no need to rush the prequel because HBO is going to have a lot on their plate for 2019. Uh, the Game of Thrones final season big little lies season two true detective season three and the premiere of damon lindelof's watchman series uh and hbo isn't expected to air westworld season three until 2020 Ugh. so so there you go it looks like uh, looks like the sequel could be well on its way Okay.
1: Well, uh, prequel, excuse me, something we Which know something we know that is not on its way yet, but will be New York comic con and yes, Aye. they still have their name, yes, so um, the lineup has been announced, so what we're looking at is. Marvel Television with the return of Marvel's Daredevil. Uh, They have an exclusive look at the upcoming third season over at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Also, for the first time ever, Marvel Runaways will come to New York Comic-Con's Madison Square Garden stage uh, at the Javits Center. The Gifted will present an all-new episode from its second season. Uh, Marvel Animation. They're going to be celebrating the arrival of Marvel Rising, and we'll have a star-studded panel featuring the cast and creators. Marvel Comics, the Marvel Universe continues to expand. Of course, uh, with New York Comic Con, we'll have a look at the stories that have been thrilling the fans for decades. Isn't this when they do the second retailer's breakfast? Usually the first Mm. one's done at uh, C2E2. I where think they go get, so, yeah. get the report. Yeah. Uh Marvel New Media. All all of Marvel's breaking news will be covered with four days of streaming coverage. Uh or also be panels and live events for This Week at Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Show, and Women to Marvel. Uh and of course Marvel Games, in addition to its biggest releases, including Spider Man on PS four. It will bring Contest of Champions, Puzzle Quest, and more, and Battle Lines for gamer fans. Uh, so, yeah, check out Marvel Games on Twitter at Marvel Games uh, for more news. Also, last but not least, Marvel Booth will be back at 1354 to give Marvel fans a home base for its signings and stage events. So nice, very nice, very nice.
0: Well, we also have a press release from DreamWorks Animation. Regarding their plans for the New York Comic-Con. And uh looks like the two biggest things they're going to be focusing on are She-Ra, the new, the new She-Ra Princess of Power show, and Voltron, the legendary Defender That's <clears throat> that's been going on for quite a while now, which I enjoy.
1: I, uh, I have the original
0: series. Which is also good. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have several jam-packed panels with executive producers and voice talent on hand from upcoming Netflix original series, *Shira* and the Princess of Power, as well as a fan favorite Voltron Legendary Defender. Each series will offer sneak peeks, panel discussions, and fan Q&As. In addition, they're going to have an immersive fan experience inspired by the imaginative imaginative world of the highly anticipated series *Shira and the Princess of Power at booth number 502. It will include a larger than life Shira statue, as well as interactive photo opportunities that will transport guests straight to Etheria, the Whispering Woods, and Hordak Uh, Reservations are required to attend a fan experience. You, You can find more information on the New York Comic Con social channels. Voltron fans will be able to pick up a New York Comic-Con exclusive vinyl co-produced by DreamWorks Animated Television and Mondo, and it will include music from the entire series and original cover artwork by the show's creative team. Again, stay tuned for details on availability for that. And then Lion Forge Comics is releasing a special comic book variant for Voltron, at Booth 1936, co-writer Mitch Iverson will be participating in multiple signings at the Lion Forge booth on Friday, October 5th from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. And Saturday, October 6th from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, so addition, some additional details on the panels. Uh, Thursday, October 4th will be the DreamWorks, she and the Princess of Power, a Netflix original series panel from 3 to 4 p.m at the Hammerstein Ballroom at the Manhattan Center. Uh, She-Ra is back, inspired by the popular age series DreamWorks. She-Ra and the Princess of Power tells the epic story of an orphan named Adora who leaves behind her former life in the evil horde when she discovers a magic sword that transforms her into the mythical warrior princess She-Ra. Join executive producer Noelle Stevenson, Amy Carroll, voice of Adora and She-Ra, Karen Fukuhara, Voice of Glimmer, and more as they offer a first look at the highly anticipated series. And then, on Friday, October 5th, the DreamWorks Voltron Legendary Defender, a Netflix original series panel from 10.30am to 11.30am at the Hammerstein Ballroom at the Manhattan Center. Join executive producers Joaquin Dos Santos and Lauren Montgomery, story editor Josh Hamilton, and voice actors Bex Taylor-Klaus, Josh Keaton, Jeremy Shada, Kimberly Brooks, and more as they look back on seven seasons of DreamWorks' Voltron: Legendary Defender, and offer a sneak peek at the final chapter arriving on Netflix later this year. Oh, I didn't realize that. Like, Voltron's be the final going chapter. Going? Yeah, understand. apparently so. Yeah, it's ending. Huh. Well, there you go. So there's some some uh, fun DreamWorks panels for you if you're attending the convention.
1: Yeah. Well, that's gonna kind of wrap it up for us, indeed. Unless you got something else. Actually, I got. I'm gonna ask. Have you seen the new mockup with the comparison from what it, from what she used to look like to what she looks like now? I have. And your thoughts?
0: Well. I don't know. I mean, I was never, you know, a big She-Ra fan as it was geared more towards girls. So I'm not, I'm not like super attached to it, but I don't know. It seems, I don't know seems like it might be geared towards a younger audience.
1: Yeah. The only thing that bothers me is um, the crown. Mm. I've had other people say, well, what about the body shape? Uh, Who cares? It's what it is for today, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I, I haven't had my daughter go, "Daddy, why is she drawn like that?" <laughs> I don't think she cares.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm curious though. I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen Hordak or any of any of the the bad guys. Uh, what they look like? I'm kind of curious to see what they look like.
1: I haven't seen them. That either. should be interesting.
0: Uh. It's also interesting that they're bringing back She-Ra and not really doing anything with her with He Man. Yeah, because she was technically like He Man's sister or half sister or some or cousin or something,
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, if uh, if it gets the uh, if it gets the kitties into Shira again, then I'm all for it. Why not? True, very true. I just hope they don't. I'm more concerned about like story wise what they do with it. Yeah. Like I like the new Voltron series. Uh there's a couple things that I'm not crazy about, but overall I like it.
1: See, I don't mind I don't mind the series. Voltron I I've been enjoying. I mean, originally Yeah, f- I yeah, I for for seasons like, okay, this is a stretch. They really uh, taking yeah. her out taking them out to the far reaches yeah but it ended up working
0: yeah and i like and i like because of the way they do it on netflix it's not um every episode you know the same thing where oh throw out a a robo beast and oh here you know we fight it oh we can't handle it so we gotta form voltron and oh there we go we beat it oh end of
1: show yeah <laughs> they 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 stretch it out yeah a little bit
0: yeah I think I think it's good I just I'm not crazy about it's funny because I'm not crazy about uh Coran there but because they made him more comical than he used to be right but but the funny thing is the guy who's doing his voice I really like him as a comedian but not in that part
1: <laughs> yeah I can see that
0: <laughs> yeah but I enjoy it I'm kind of I'm kind of sad to, to find out that it's ending yeah <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, well, talking about ending, um, it is about that time for us.
0: All oh, good things must come to an end.
1: Indeed. So, uh, any final thoughts? Nope, I got nothing. Well, I got nothing as well. So, only one thing there's left to be asked. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weebie Geeks production.